0: Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, not as always, uh, by Michelle Kaufman, our Miami basketball beat writer at the Herald, because it is March Madness time for the first time in a really long time. We can say that uh, down here in South Florida, Uh, Miami men and women both ending uh, what it's Three year droughts at this point for both of them that are, that are yeah, the men is four. four. Well, men yeah, the four. men haven't yeah. been since
1: 2018. Since
0: 2018. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's, it's been a long time since we've gotten to do this. Uh, both teams, uh, going dancing in the Miami is the 10 seed in the Midwest region playing USC in the first round. That is on Friday, uh, at what is it 3 p.m.? 3 10.
1: Yeah, 3 10 p.m. on knows, TV. Yeah, second
0: game there. So, uh, but actually, earlier that day, it'll be the women uh, kicking off that tor- the women's tournament uh, in the eight-nine game uh, in Columbia, Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, they're playing USF. Winner of that will likely get number one seed, South Carolina. We will obviously dive into previews of both of them. Um, but first of all, Michelle, uh, we'll, we'll start with the men. But, but first, I want to ask you, um, you know, is you were out there. We're recording this on Monday. I'll be up a couple of days later, but uh, you were down in Coral Gables on Sunday for Selection Sunday, which for the first time ever was a joint sort of men's women's. It did the men, and a couple hours later, the women's show. Women used to always be on Monday, um, but really the first time in a long time, Miami has been able to do something like that. This, um, what, what was kind of the vibe around campus? Is there a lot of a lot of excitement about uh, what the last couple of years have been and where where we've gotten to? Uh, this season?
1: Yeah. I mean, the students are on spring break this right. week. So, so the students, there weren't as many students as if it had been some other week, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was the first time, you know, I've covered both of these programs since 1996. Um, and uh, it's been the first time in a long time. First of all, yeah, the women always had their event on Monday. They had them together with the men today. It's, it's, they're calling the whole the NCAA in an effort to really, you know, make it more equal after everything that happened last year and all the complaints. It's now the whole thing is called March Madness. They're not like calling it the women's tournament or whatever. They're calling the whole thing March Madness. They had both selections on Selection Sunday. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was fun. There were, you know, a couple hundred people there, the real diehard supporters, the Hurricane Club people, uh, you know, the cheerleaders were there and and some, you know, band people and whatever, Uh, There was, you know, media showed up and they had a little dinner. Um, So they had the men's team first. And then, you know, they all went crazy and got to see their thing between six and eight. And the players did interviews and Coach L spoke to the crowd. And then um, at eight o'clock started the women's. So it went on from six to ten. It was like a four hour U.M. basketball celebration, which really it has been a long time. since Both of these programs have had anything to celebrate. And um, so, you know, it was, it was nice to see. I mean, Coach L was just out of his mind and Katie was too. Katie almost didn't make it. Her plane got stuck. She was recruiting and she was supposed to come out of Newark and the flight was delayed. It ended up being diverted to Fort Myers. Then they sent a car and the car sped across the state of Florida and got her there in time. Um, But she was saying that, you know, their run that they had in the women's tournament ACC Mm -hmm. has already Paid dividends on the recruiting trail that the players she went to recruit. The minute she walked in the door, they all wanted to talk about their ACC run. They had all seen it. So you know, for both of these programs, making the postseason, having a good run in the ACC tournament for both of them, um, you know, it really is is going to pay dividends going forward too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, there tends to be more obviously there's more scrutiny on kind of the men's coaches, but you have to, you know, just Coach L getting them to the tournament this year and uh, getting the contract extension that that goes a long way in recruiting. Where you you know other schools were like, who knows it? You know he's he's getting older. They hadn't made the tournament a long time. Off to a you know they didn't start that well this year. You know there were there were, uh, other college coaches out there being like, well, no, oh, the negative Miami? recruiting. The, yeah, yeah the, I'm sure. Any, yeah. And he's yeah. he's staved that off now by getting that extension, getting him back to the tournament, and obviously he's always recruited well, so. Got, got yeah, back I think on track. I think
1: definitely, yeah, They that uh, contract extension was big. When I talked to him in New York, um, up in New York, he said that, uh, you know, that every house he was going into, they were saying, well, are you going to be around? You know, we don't right. want to go there and you re- retire at the end of next season. So, um, you know, he made it very clear that he has no intention of retiring anytime soon and the university put the money behind him uh, to keep him. So for the next four years, so yeah, I mean, a lot of positive things. And, you know, there was so much negativity around this program before the season and at the end of last season. And a lot of people wanted Coach Al fired. Um, and now I'm not really hearing from any of those yeah. people anymore.
0: Yeah, a run this year would certainly help They're gonna be in for a little bit of a rebuild, it looks like, next year. Although with the transfer market the way it is, it's, it's a lot easier to, to rebuild quickly. Um, before we dive into previewing this tournament, I guess, you like you said, you were up in Brooklyn for the uh, ACC tournament. Um, Miami wins one there, then takes Duke to the wire uh, before going down. The win, um, just getting one win, sort of kind of felt like it took them off the bubble. We'll talk a little about the seeding and all that kind of stuff in a second here. But um, what what stood out from you about the tournament? I, I mean, I think for a lot of people, the way they they pl- hung with Duke again, where
1: you know, not yeah, that I mean, Duke were- is a
0: powerhouse like they're a powerhouse, but not like they're a one seed. Um, you know, the, the way they were able to hang with them, I think, is, is a pretty good sign as, as we go into March here. And they could potentially be running into number two seed at Auburn in a couple of days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the way they beat Syracuse, you know, again, they've just shown a lot of resiliency. This team, you know, the Syracuse game was, I don't know, the first half was a little bit uninspired. Wasn't that exciting? All of a sudden, you know, they just find a way. They find a way to get back into games. They go down by 8 or 9 or 10 or 18, whatever, during the season against Syracuse. Yeah, They always seem to find a way to battle back, to come back, and they really have several guys who are just so good. They're not relying on one one person. So Isaiah Wong, you know, didn't have a great game, but somebody else has a great game. Jordan Miller has turned out to really be – Jordan Miller, no one really knew. Oh yeah. They got some kid from George Mason. Uh, you know, nobody really knew much about him. Um, coach L said the other day that he's the best offensive rebounder he's ever coached and he's been coaching for four decades. And he said, I have never seen a better offensive rebounder than him. And the way he just turns offensive rebounds into points is a real skill that, that he brings the team. And then, you know, uh, charlie moore is a is a vast improvement over chris likes a point guard he really is i mean he makes everybody else better he makes f- terrific passes he never gets rattled you know he can score if he wants to but he doesn't have to he can just help the other guys score and um you know the team has really come together and they've been healthy that's the other thing. yeah
0: that's the biggest last thing. year
1: they only had six players in some games they actually started one game i think a walk- on started you know, They've been healthy all season. Um, you know, they they've really just completely turned things around completely from yeah, last year where we were at this point. Yeah.
0: Um, so against Miami, we said there, there was some of the, there was a lot of talk of Miami was on the bubble going into selection Sunday. That all, that did not turn out to be the case, which I, I didn't think was going to be the case. Um, Miami gets a 10 seed, which is, you know, pretty comfortably in, I don't know what number 10 seed they were, but you know, they're, 12 was the play in line. So pretty comfortably in, um, what was Miami's reaction to the matchup to the, the seating they got, you know, they, they obviously were a top four team in the ACC and usually that gets you better than, than the 10, but seems like, you know, I mean, that's where most of the bracketology kind of had it. Just, this is a down ACC. Um, what, how was, what was Miami's reaction uh, to where they are set up here in this bracket?
1: Yeah. They, they really, truly, they were just so happy to be in, you know, they were not at all concerned about the, about the seatings. They, they just wanted to be in, they were just relieved, you know, it, it, it it was toward the end of the show before their name was called and they, you know, they all said that they, they all kind of thought they were in and they assumed they were in, but until they saw their name up there on the screen, they were not, you know, really comfortable and, and relaxed once they saw their name, you know, they just, we're so excited to be in. Um, they're happy to be in Greenville, which isn't that far. Yeah. Also, they, they're they happy to play Friday, they said, because they get one extra day to prepare. So they thought that was good. Um, USC, you know, a lot of people are picking Miami over USC. They know the coach very, very well. The UM coaching staff knows uh, knows him very well because he was at FSU and he was at Florida Gulf Coast. So this is a coach in a system that they're very, very familiar with. Um, so I think the coaching staff is pretty satisfied with having that be their first game. Um, so yeah, there were, there were no complaints at all about the seating. They were, they were just happy to be in and and coach L has been around so long that he told them all and explained to them that, you know, the seatings really don't matter at all. It's everybody's zero zero at this point as the coaches like to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be, it'll definitely be uh, in that early session. It'll, be pretty auburn heavy um and if miami gets to that second round there's i think it's going to be a pretty hostile environment because these auburn fans are fired up about this team but yeah i mean like you said not too far from miami you know there will be some fans there um especially you know acc country um and then usc coming all the way across the country i mean that's a a pretty good situation to be in uh in a 7-10 game if you are miami um what, what do you think of this matchup? Have you, how much have you been able to, or how much were they talking about them? Like I don't know. Who all I know who about, them about is, here, yeah, yeah.
1: All I really know about USC is what they were talking about, what Coach yeah. L told us about last night. That they're they're very big. They're yeah. they yeah. are definitely bigger than Miami. Miami is an undersized team. They've been undersized all year. That is definitely an issue with them every time if they have some guys, you know, in the paint who are dominant, who are big and strong. Miami really doesn't have anybody um you know sam wardenberg does everything he can but he weighs 212 <laughs> yeah. pounds i think he's going up against guys that are 250 or 245 250 so you know they said that they're big they play multiple defenses um but you know i think miami miami has the athleticism and miami has the the poise i don't know about the age of the guys on usc but the Miami team is just so old and so veteran and so, you know, experienced that to me, that's really what carried them to this point. Mm-hmm. They with four 60 six-year seniors and guys who have just been around a long time. They don't, they don't seem to get rattled by anything. So I think they're going to be pretty prepared, you know, up in Brooklyn, they played against Duke and there were, I would say 95% of the Barclays Center was Duke. It was so loud. It was so Duke. It was so blue. Miami had a very, very small smattering of fans. So they will be used to playing in a, you know, in a big giant tournament environment uh, where the other, you know, team may have the home crowd. Um, I don't think that that's gonna, I don't think that that'll affect them at all.
0: Yeah. USC, uh, a pretty veteran team. I mean, it's hard. I'm, I'm looking at like the ages for their, like the grades, their top guys. It's so hard to know, like, what does a junior mean now? But you know, their three best players are upperclassmen. Uh, best okay. guy is, is Isaiah Mobley, um, 6'10", power forward, average. Brother, younger brother of – or older brother? Brother of Evan Mobley, who's now in the Cavs and, like, going to maybe win Rookie of the Year, obviously. Uh-huh. Took USC in a long run last year. Uh, so that's going to be the challenge. Like you said, it's going to be really a clash of styles. I mean, their best guy is 6'10", 14, and 9, basically, three assists. Like, does – does everything for them from that power forward spot um, and you know that's uh, a matchup that I'm sure Sam Wardenberg is going to get that first assignment on him um, you'll probably see Jordan Miller guard him I would I would think a little bit too he's got the length to guard uh, those bigger guys um, but yeah it's going to be about if, if Miami gets killed on the glass it's gonna be hard to win. It's gonna be about um,
1: turnovers. Yeah, they they really. But, they'll, have but
0: just, they'll yeah they they'll press a little bit. They'll they'll shoot a ton of threes. Got to hit shots is the cliche, and definitely is true for this Miami team. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a cl- definitely gonna be a classroom styles. I think.
1: Yeah, they have to make up for the lack of size with the scramble defense, and the, you know, forcing. They want to force a lot of turnovers. They want to take care of the ball, which they've done in most of the big wins that they've had. They have very few turnovers. I think they're ranked eighth in the country, Miami, in, Mm -hmm. you know, fewest turnovers um, and they force a lot of turnovers. So, you know, they, they don't have big bodies to go up against anybody big on that team. So they're going to have to find other ways to neutralize that.
0: Yeah. It's going to, what's interesting to me is how many people are picking Miami in this game. I think probably that USC coming from the West coast probably plays into it a little bit. It's not, um, you know, if I'm a USC fan, first of all, if I'm a USC fan, I'm a little annoyed that they're a seven seed when they finish. Yeah, they're a seven. The, when they yeah. finish third in the the Pac-12, like I'm sure they're Miami fans annoyed that they're the uh 10 seed when they finish fourth fourth in the ECC. Um, But yeah, that's it's a tough situation where they're going to be coming from the West Coast. I think the, dip, you know, USC at one point was like number five in the, I don't know what they got up to. They were a, a single digit. They started, I think, 13 and 0. Um, and since then, have just not been that good. They've been like a pretty middling, mediocre, um, you know, border. Like the, the 13-0 start is the reason they're solidly in the tournament. If, if you just threw right. out those 13 games, they're probably they not collected, in the tournament. Yeah, they collected yeah.
1: wins at the beginning. It's one of the teams that, yeah, yeah. who's so strong they, at the end versus who's strong at the beginning, that yeah. whole thing. So I tournament. think
0: that's a lot of the, the reason for optimism around Miami um, in this game. Um, again, USC probably had, you know, Mobley is the best, NBA prospect on the floor. I don't know if that necessarily means he's the best player on the floor. Um, Mm -hmm. Although it's, he's definitely like you were saying with Miami. Who's even Miami's best player? Like the the Wong, McGusty, Mobley in some order are probably the three best guys on the floor. But on any given night, any one of those three or even like you said, Charlie Moore could could easily be the best guy on the court. So I think it's going. It depends how you
1: define best because Isaiah, Isaiah, and Cam are the same guys who were here the last few years, but they didn't have the help that they get from Charlie Moore, the passes they get from him, and the same with Jordan Miller. I mean, that pass on the Syracuse, on the final, you know, the final basket against Syracuse, I mean, against Uh, uh, Boston Boston College. College. Yeah. Against Boston College. um, You know, that was just a perfect pass. Yeah, that's that's just the play they do. I'm not not saying that I could have made it. Five
0: years. Like, it's just not Uh, a play that you know chris likes wouldn't done it um you know even uh like Jaquan newton like it's just not it wasn't like what their skill set was no he no, he's like just that.
1: that guy just he's almost like a quarterback who just puts the he just puts the ball right where it needs to be so many times and that helps all the all the other guys have better stats because of him you know so um uh, it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting to see they're really excited but they're not you know, they all say that they're not done. They're not done. Yeah. They're not done. They're not going there to lose the first game, you
0: know? Yeah. I'll say, um, not only are a lot of people picking Miami to beat USC. I have seen quite a few, I think Pat for, like I was looking through sports illustrated, just they have like all their writer, uh, you know, we're just uh-huh. looking at brackets today and like a lot of people had Miami beating Auburn, um, in that next round, which, um, you know, that's going to be tough. Cause I don't know who on Miami guards, uh, uh, Jabari Smith who is like maybe the best player in the country um uh-huh. but and is like 6'10 and looks like Kevin Durant and my Miami just does not have anyone like designed to guard a guy like that other than again I think Jordan Miller can, can hold his own against some of those bigger guys yeah uh-huh. um, but you know people believe in this Miami team again I think they're not seated highly, but people still respect the ACC, you know. And like they respect Noah.
1: Jim Laranaga. A yeah. lot of people, you know, you always hear people mention that Jim Laranaga is a very good tournament coach, and look what he did with George Mason. And he's a guy that just all the the pro, all the all uh, pundits, they seem to love Coach L. You know, they really respect him, his longevity, and what he's done with teams that, you know, taking Miami to two Sweet 16s and taking George Mason to the Final Four. I think he has a You know, he has a good reputation in the tournament uh, when he has a decent team and when he has a good point guard and veterans. And, you know, every time that he's had a really good point guard and veterans on the team, they've done they've done well, whether it was at George Mason or Miami. So this team definitely fits that bill. He's got a point guard. He said the other day in Brooklyn that having Charlie Moore on the team just makes his life so much more enjoyable because he's not as worried about the decisions that his point guard is going to make. Cause he really, really trusts Charlie Moore with his decision-making and that's really, really big in tournaments like this. So, um, you know, I think they have the poise, the experience and the point guard and the coach uh, you know, to, to do something i don't know you never know yeah. though. Yeah. it's madness. It, you know it could go out and it, lose you don't
0: know yeah it's. i mean it's really a situation where i think it's like do you how much do you believe in in going with the team that's been playing well lately because i you know mm-hmm. i talked about usc who is now um one in 3 in their last four and like i said since they went 13 and 0 at the start of the year have been like a sort like above 500 but not like overwhelmingly so and even auburn who you know is a two seed um has been one of the best teams in the country all year long, got up to number one, uh, 22 and one. And since then they are five and four. So it's like, you know, they both, both teams have like peaked early, whatever that, right. like, how much does that matter? Obviously you, you can get back on track very easily. And again, um, you know, Auburn has the recipe to win when you have a guy like Jamari Smith, who can single-handedly take you to a final four. Um, but Miami, um, I mean, honestly, kind of even Miami probably peaked uh, a month ago or whatever, and has been.
1: Yeah, they had a couple losses. They yeah. had, you know, the Virginia so, Tech, whatever. But,
0: but so none of these teams feel invincible. Obviously, you would never expect the seven seed to feel invincible, but um, it's a it's a pretty nice little bracket to be in. Um, and you look at the rest of that little sub regional. Um, you know, Wisconsin is is obviously very good, but LSU, the six seed there, just fired their coach uh, a couple days right. ago, so. Right. You know, odds are that Miami's not going to end up playing LSU in this tournament, but it's not like a murderer's row little subregional like you can sometimes wind in a uh, wind up in as the 10 seed when you look and maybe you have the fifth best team in the country there with you. Like if, if Miami was looking at Kentucky in the in the second round, I probably would not feel quite as uh, optimistic about this weekend for the Canes. But um, you know, I, I think they're they're in pretty good shape. There's there's reason for optimism. Um, but like you said, take it one game at a time, but that, that second game, that Sunday potential matchup with Auburn would be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's pivot over to the women. Uh, and they're in that eight, nine matchup. And as I mentioned at the top, the, the fun thing about that is, uh, you get a swing potentially uh, again, got to beat USF on, on Friday, but you get to take a shot at South Carolina on their home court. In the second round, um, obviously, you know the women's tournament is designed, um, whether intentionally or not, to make it tough to, for for the top seeds to go down early. Um, yeah, part of that is you know you, you obviously there's more parity in women's much more parity in women's basketball now than there was even five years ago. Probably, um, what what stands out to you about that, and do you, do you get the sense that Miami is is excited about that? chance to to take a they are like, i mean it, like that's pretty daunting on. though
1: it's pretty yeah, daunting it that your second game would be against the number one overall seed on their home floor yeah. you know and like it's a team, not just like enough. a
0: random number one over like this is the team that has been like the team in college basketball for the last like, this five is years. the
1: team all season south carolina and to play there in columbia on their home floor with their logo all over the building and stuff all their fans will be there um yeah i mean that Obviously, it's a huge, high-profile game. It'll be the big game on national TV that day for the women and on ESPN. You know, whatever. Um, you know, it's a huge opportunity. It's also a really difficult. It's it's a really difficult uh, matchup to think about. But um, the way Katie said is that, you know, the ACC, uh, the ACC had eight or nine teams get in, and the ACC, they, you know, they played. She said, "Look, we've already played number one seeds." We played NC state and we played Louisville and both of those are, are, you know um, I think they're both, let's see, NC state, you know, those are both Louisville's a number one seed. Yeah, NC Uh, NC NC It's a number one seed. So she said, you know, we've already played those in our conference there. And she, that's what she told her players. She said, keep in mind that you've already played two number one seeds within our conference. And, you know, they beat Louisville in that, you know, exciting game um with with destiny harden going off for 15 points at the end of the game by herself and you know buzzer beater so they've beaten two number one seeds and this would be the third one that they'd be playing so she said in a way they got great experience playing those teams and yes this one will be on the home floor but she said it won't be that different from playing an acc number one seed you know in the acc tournament so she you know katie felt pretty good that her team has gotten experience against really good teams. Uh, the USF team, one thing that's interesting is that their coach is from Miami. Um, their coach is uh, Jose Fernandez, who um, is an FIU alum, a Miami Cuban American guy who was a men's coach at Miami Dade College at Sunset high school at Barry university. And he switched to women's and coached at Lords. He coached the Lords Academy girls and ended up in women's coaching and has been at USF for 10 years. Um, but he's mm-hmm. a Miami guy. The UM 20 staff, years.
0: 20 years been USF. Is
1: it 20 years? 20 years. 20 years at USF. Wow, I didn't realize it was that long. Okay, yeah. 20 years at USF. Um, he's very uh, familiar to Katie Meyer and her staff. She said they usually scrimmage them by chance they did not this year. Um, but almost every year they scrimmage USF and the mm-hmm. preseason. The two staffs know each other well. And he's a Miami guy, so he loves to come and bring his team to Miami. So there's some fam- familiarity there in that first game. Um, you know, they're 24 and six, I think. Or whatever. Yeah, they're always
0: <laughs> like top of the American, basically, or whatever. I guess they're in the Big East for a long time, probably with Syracuse, but or with yeah. Miami. I mean, but yeah, they, they've been. Way up, you know they're 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 a perennial tournament team basically, which is kind of more than Miami can say lately. But still,
1: yeah, yeah. Now the guy is the guy's well respected, and um, like I said, he has a lot of Miami ties. So the the staff knows him well. He knows them well also. So uh, I don't think there are going to be any surprises for either team. In that game, I think both of those coaches and their staffs keep up with the other program pretty well. They were both in the Bahamas tournament together um, in this year, so um, you know that should be interesting. Just kind of a South Florida UM type matchup, and then the winner gets South Carolina at South Carolina. That's gonna be that's gonna be big. That's gonna be big. But yeah, it's exciting. I mentioned earlier, Katie was saying just the run that they made in the ACC tournament, making their first ever championship game um it's already paying dividends she said on the recruiting yeah. trail that that you know she doesn't have to ask the players have you seen us play everybody watched that and everybody saw it and saw replays of destiny harden and this and that and it uh, showed a lot of sort of the spirit of the team so um you know she's she's very excited it would be really nice the women's team has not done well in the tournament traditional no, never been Katie to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. Katie Meyer is a very well-respected coach. Everyone loves her. She's a great ambassador for the university and, and, you know, it would just mean so much to her and for the program to, to take that next step this time.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously no no need to say a win against South Carolina would be by far the biggest in program history. Um, It's the one, you know, it's the one thing missing from her record from her resume basically Um, is, it's just not, you know, the, she's the winningest coach in, in school history um basketball coach of any kind she set that record uh in the first game of the season she has you know turned miami into a until the last couple of years were a perennial tournament team and you know occasionally got to host um you know got to host first round second round matchups but yeah it's it's all it's a tough ask this you know no one's going to falter this year obviously if she doesn't get out of the, the first weekend but um uh, you know, it's the flip side of what we're saying with with the men, the, this, the bracket they're in, where all these teams feel like they kind of peaked a month ago or longer. Um, the Miami women are peaking at the right time, certainly. They and are. Obviously, they, they are. lost to NC State uh, the other day. But, um, you know, they but other are, than that,
1: they've won until, eight of nine.
0: Until yeah. they got up to, until they went to uh, the ACC tournament, like they were, we talked about Miami, were they actually a bubble team? The Miami women were about, a, you know, if they lose that first game, uh, in the ACC tournament, there's not a guarantee that they're getting in. Obviously they win three in a row, including uh, winning against Louisville, win against a uh, top 25 Notre Dame team. Notre like Dame. their race, they, their resume was pretty good. They had some, some top 25 wins uh, before the weekend, but they like, I think they doubled their number of top. Yeah. Cause they'd beaten Georgia tech twice. They mm-hmm. doubled, they doubled their number of top 25 wins in a two day stretch and yeah. went yeah. from a bubble team to an eight seed and um, you know, a team that obviously, you know, South Carolina is going to feel confident about it against anyone, but they know Miami's got talent. They know they're playing well. And, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to pick them to go out of the get out of the first weekend because of the draw, but what I don't think would be a surprise because they've been playing really well lately.
1: Yeah, no, no, they have, they definitely are picking at the right time. And, you know, I think they've won eight of the last nine. So they, you know, and their loss was to NC state, a number one seed. So, um, yeah, there's a lot for Katie Meyer and her and her her team to be excited about. Really, both teams, the men and the women. This is honestly the most excitement, most energy, most page views that I'm getting on these yeah. two teams in a while. From a selfish standpoint, people are interested. People really are interested in these two teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like we said, the, the last time these these, I guess the last time the both teams made the tournament was 2018, right when. Uh, The men were, what were they, like a five seed? They they lost Loyola. Yeah. Um, The women were, uh, I think, a top, you know, they're they're always, for that run there, they were always kind of a top five, six seed. So, you know, they've had better teams lately, although it's not so recent anymore. But I I think the fact that both these teams, you know, you go back to um, December 1st with these teams where, the men kind of got beat up on in, in Disney world. Um, yes. And the women, where, where was their tournament again? They got, I mean, they played a really tough tournament there in and, the Bahamas, right there in the Bahamas with Indiana and Maryland and really got beat up. Um, but against a, you know, really, like I said, two top 10 teams at the time. Um, so you go back to December 1st and I, I don't think a lot of people were maybe thought either of these teams are going to be in the tournament, but, but they turned it around uh, the men, Really started in um, December when they went up, started that winning streak that, that took them, uh, you know, up to that that upset win against Duke, uh, and then the women took home a little bit. You know, they were really, you know, start of February they were not. On, I don't think really on anyone's radar. And then, like you said, they got hot. I think one out of eight out of ten down the stretch, right, um, with with a bunch of ranked wins. So um, both yeah, they're teams- one of
1: only twenty 24- four. Miami is one of 24 teams in the country that has the men and the women in the NCAA tournament.
0: So yeah. and that's it's, a a, and it's not club just to be in. Yeah. And it's not like I said, not just a turnaround from where they were last year, a turnaround from where the season started. Like both these teams um really, really came out of nowhere and uh made it a, a pretty fun winter to follow basketball in Miami. Um the women, I you know, you look at some of their young players and they have a chance to be, you know, it seems like they're back on track. The men are like I said, gonna be in for a little bit of a rebuild after this year. So it'd be it would be nice to see them uh, get on a little run.
1: Yeah, they have a lot of 24-year-olds on this team. They're not they're not going to be back next year. So this is their chance. But you
0: know that veteran stuff definitely helps in the NCAA tournament. So uh, you know hopefully we get we get more than one day out of this. Um, you will be up in Greenville South Carolina. I always get Greenville South and North Carolina mixed up. (laughs) We will be up in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, for the men's game on, uh, Friday, uh, Hopefully we will also have some.
1: Yeah, we're going to have We'll have, so have coverage from the
0: women's we'll game. Have too. coverage from
1: the women's game as well. You and then not,
0: you, you were not quite able to make the do the double dip there with those. Now, if uh, it had been
1: a morning and a night game, I could have pulled it. But eleven yeah. thirty and three o'clock, that doesn't That's work. Tricky. I, I,
0: I am wondering how many Miami fans are going to do that, that double dip. Um, yeah, that is very doable. Just, very doable. If
1: all you had to do is jump in the car at what you know, the game's eleven thirty to one thirty. The women jump in the car and go an hour and a half. You get there right at tip off. Uh, if I didn't have to do interviews and write and everything, you know. But if you're just a fan and you want to go from one to the other, or the school officials or whatever, that's that's definitely doable. Yeah, it's so, doable.
0: So hopefully you'll get a, you'll get a couple uh, nights up there in in North Carolina and, and maybe South Carolina if, if uh, the men lose and the women win. Um, but either way, um, good to have. March Madness relevant in South Florida. Again, yes. it is my favorite time of the year by far. Um, and I'm very excited to sit on my couch for approximately like <laughs> 72 straight hours to watch basketball this weekend.
1: Yes. The first weekend is so awesome too. It's, you know, you see all these teams, you have know, never seen these players play and you're trying to figure out what's the name of their mascot. And, and there's always, there's just always so much fun that you know, there's, I love the first weekend. It's, uh, it's just fabulous.
0: Yeah. Before, before I let you go, do you have a national championship pick and, and and a final four?
1: Oh, let me see. Well, you know, I mean, I know that Gonzaga is just such a boring, I know. it's just such a boring pick, but I really, I really do think that they're the best team. I mean, I just do. I, I don't,
0: there was a while like w- when Calipari first got to Kentucky that I just picked Kentucky every year until they finally won because I knew it was going to happen eventually. And uh, I kind of feel that way with Gonzaga right now. It's going to happen eventually. If you pick them every year, you're going to be right eventually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that they're just they're they're so good and you know, they've got the players. They I don't know. I just I don't see you know, you never know. Obviously, you never know, but I mean Duke beat them but that was really early on. A lot has changed since then. Duke play. I know because my daughter goes to Duke and the Duke team, I think they're under a lot of pressure to, to win for yeah. coach K the whole coach. K mania has gotten in their heads and uh, there's just so much pressure. Like we can't lose this. Cause it- the, the next game they lose is his last game his last ever game. Yeah. after 42 years when he walks off the court, that's the last time he ever walks off a court. So that's a lot of pressure for a team that, you know, starts to 18 year olds. So, um, you know, I, I, I see Gonzaga as still the, the strong favorite on the women's. Side. I mean, it's just so boring to say that South Carolina, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's really boring. Those are two very boring picks. Should I go out on a limb a little bit? Should I say I haven't um,
0: haven't dove into the women's. I was doing my men's this morning. I haven't dove into the women's as much.
1: Yeah. Dive into the, into the nitty gritty. Yeah. The nitty gritty, but on the men's side, I mean, do you see anyone else? I mean, I'm I'm picking Duke uh, as
0: an emotional hedge as a, uh, as a a King of the coach K haters club. Um, so I'm picking Duke as an emotional hedge here as a childhood Maryland fan who really would, uh, uh not be happy to see coach K go out on top so I'm, I'm picking Duke <laughs> oh uh, but it's coach happens.
1: K come on he's a legend uh, I do yeah.
0: like Arizona too though um and okay I, I I I mean for like the poeticism of the final coach K game wouldn't Duke Arizona uh redux of what was that 99 or 2000 national championship yeah yeah, still yeah kind of fitting um and I, I like I, I've always liked Arizona like as kind of a West coast, you know, like just as they're you the know, ones who seem to come
1: through the most of the West coast teams. It's been a feeling. long
0: time because the Sean Miller era, that was like the the thing against him was he never uh, made a final four. Um, but I like seeing Arizona had been, a, you know, they had been really in a tough spot basically with some of the like sanctions and all that. Kind right, of stuff. right. 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 Uh, it's fun to see them back. Uh, although Arizona Gonzaga would be very fun because uh, Arizona's coach is former Mark few assistant. So, right. Um, it's, you know, uh, again, I, I, I just said I'm a, like a Coach K Duke hater, um, but it's fun to see some of the blue bloods like really good again. Like Kentucky had been Duke, down for Duke a is years. really,
1: look, I mean, I, I've seen him up close a few times now. Those guys, when they're on, I Apollo mean, Paulo is,
0: is tough. I, I stood like next to Paulo.
1: I stood next to him in Brooklyn. I was literally standing right next to him in the tunnel. He is so much bigger in person, wider, broader. Then I even, then when you see him on TV, his shoulders are enormous. I mean, he's just a gigantic human um, and he, and he can do so much, you know, and Mark Williams, I mean, when he gets hot and then if any other, you know, if, if, if Roach gets hot, if, you know, starts hitting threes or, you know, AJ Griffin, I mean, they, they have so many good players on that team. They, they literally have four NBA players on their starting roster. They have four NBA players on their starting roster. So you know, they have the they have the athleticism and the capability to beat everybody. There's yeah. no question. Um, I, it's just a question of, will they be motivated or freaked out by the whole Coach K yeah, because, yep, yep. because it's big. I can tell you, even in Brooklyn, every step Coach K took, there were like 20 cameras following him, going on the court, going off the court, everything he did. Um, there's just so much attention on Coach K and he's trying now to deflect it yeah. Every question that was about him in the press conference, he said, "I'm going to answer that. I don't want the players to talk about me. This is about them. This is about the players. I've been here before for some of these guys. This is their first time. Please focus on them. Please don't focus on me." But you know, he's been there 42 years, and he's a legend, and the focus is on him.
0: All right, I think we can finish things up there. Uh, for my women uh, out on a limb, I've not been impressed with them this year, but I'll, I'll say uh, Maryland, my my my, my squad. Okay. Um, they've, they've been, uh, last year was their year for whatever reason has not clicked this year, but they're four seed and they've got, uh, Ashley Owusu is one of the most fun players in the country to watch. I'm really like James Harden kind of, um, okay. so, um but yeah, South so Carolina, the one Maryland. seeds are good. The one seeds are good. And like always in women, you know, they're, you don't you get way more one seeds winning in the women's tournament than you do in the men. So right. um, I think it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's fine to go chalk on the women's side. Um, but let's finish things up there. Uh, you can follow Michelle on Twitter at Kauf Sports. That's with one F K A U F Sports. Uh, she will be up in North Carolina and no, South Carolina, South Carolina, right? South Carolina. You'll be in South Carolina the whole time because even if the uh, Greenville or Columbia,
1: are yeah, both. even if, if the they're men they're go down South
0: and the Carolina. women win, you'll 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 be spending the whole weekend up in South Carolina. Um, so be sure to follow her there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson Two. Um, I'm all over the place, um, <laughs> except not, not doing a whole lot of Miami basketball. Um, I'm going to selfishly just enjoy watching a lot of games over the weekend That's and, fun. and tweet about it probably. So, uh, yes. if you want my college basketball takes, uh, I'm ready to dive back in. Um, but thanks as always for listening and we will talk to you guys later.